Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why can't you say tires? Vive Clouseau. It's the same thing. Just say tires. Uh, Where do we pick up from? Hi, Uh, everyone. You're listening to the Sinner and the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. Rise and shine, jerks. It's football time. Send your wife to brunch, ship the kids off to grandma's, and tell your girlfriend you're busy. He loves his wife, and he takes care of his kids, and he's got a good life. The Sinner and the Saint are here to get you ready for the weekend's gridiron action. We're going to get you all set up with everything you need to know about what's going on in college football this Saturday. Frostbrood Coors Light presents the Sinner and the Saint tailgate show with gluten-free former Beavers fullback Will Darkins. Here's your host and junior varsity legend, Luke Anderson, on 10 the fan. It's just an unfortunate side effect of beer plus football plus just being an idiot. Football! Hey, kids! Happy friggin' Saturday. Thanks for joining us. This might be my favorite weekend of football all year. Something about the games... They don't have the finality the Super Bowl has. You get two games. They're both on Sunday. So Saturday, you take care of everything else you need to. Today is the day where you do all the other stuff. And then tomorrow, it's just football. Just get out of my face. I'm getting a big bowl full of, uh, of Doritos. I'm going to make some nachos, drink a lot of beer. And I'm going to watch sorry, two you're going to have Doritos and nachos? Yeah, I started saying Doritos, and I was like, you know what? I actually want nachos. So I kind of changed. Say, Doritos kinda, is like the de facto, like, I'm too lazy to make nachos, so I'm going to have Doritos. Nope, they're the warm-up. They're like the appetizer to nachos. If you're going to have a, uh, a appetizer before you have nachos, it's Doritos. Doritos are what you eat while you're making your nachos. Go, man, these nachos are going to be awesome. I need a taste test. Boom, Dorito. I don't know about I don't think people do that. What? I don't think that's a thing. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it tomorrow. And if Shut that you is up. a thing, you should you should tell Doritos for their marketing department. You know what you can do because it is smart. You know what you do is you take part of the Dorito bag and you make them into nachos, and then you use the other part and you eat those make as the, the Doritos uh, the prequel. into the nachos. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I've heard of that before, though yeah. I've never tried it. That's too much cheese for my taste, though. Uh, Juanita's makes a dynamite nacho. Do they really? Oh yeah, Juanita's makes a good chip, so you throw those on there. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. I will say though, as as exciting uh, as I expect it to be uh, tomorrow, when uh, these these four teams clash and we decide who the AFC champion and the NFC champion are and who's going to represent the Super Bowl, that begins the most. You sound like a history book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when the when the four teams get together, I am a history book and fight. 
Well, but then then oh, you glory. go then you go into the overhype and the slog that is the two weeks running up to the Super Bowl. We're stuck yeah. with the Pro Bowl in there. Uh, as excited as I am, can I start by just saying last week was awesome? What, I mean, for football? Yeah. Save the Patriots-Titans game, which was terrible. Did you get a chance? You were gone last week. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we were we were in bed, but I did watch the uh, Patriots Titans game. That was the one I actually I wanted to watch because I just wanted to see you all love the Marcus Mariota. Oh God, he's your favorite. Oh, I know. And you know what's funny about that? They fired their head coach, Malarkey, right? And yeah. a lot of people are saying the reason behind that is because they said that the development for Marcus Mariota wasn't where it should be. Yeah, and I was like, really. That's how you're basing the franchise. You're really putting your whole franchise into Marcus Mariota, who f- seems to not be able to play an entire season of football. Listen, they should have never hired a, hired a guy named Malarkey. That's just, sorry. You, That's a you, great name. You have a bad No. Uh, malarkey to me sounds malarkey. like. Malarkey. It's a bunch own, of malarkey. Like you're a locksmith. No, it sounds like it sounds like his name is shenanigans. Malarkey. Like that's a bunch of hooey. You're going to hire a guy named Hooey? What's his first name? Jed. Jed Huey? Actually, I'd hire Jed Huey. I'd hire Jed Huey. I'd hire Jed Huey before I hired Mike Malarkey. I'd hire Jed Huey after he fixes my toilet. Yeah. He sounds like I'd hire him to fix my toilet and coach my football team. Damn it. And he could take care of both. Like, you know, yeah, there's there's my keys. Oh, I know a guy, Mike Malarkey. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So Malarkey's a locksmith. Jed Huey is more of a, a, like, bum Phillips. That guy's more of a head football coach. Bum and Wade. Yep. Wade's Wade's not bad. I have no problem with Wade. Yeah. There's a whole run of them. Wade so sounds you, like a nickname. So you only watched... And what's it short for, though? Waddles? Well, if it's Wade Phillips. I don't know. What is Wade short for? That can't be his birthday. Yeah, it's Wade, there's plenty of Wades his around. friggin' Wade? Yeah, Wade Wilson was a quarterback for the Vikings. You got uh, Wade Miley. He's a pitcher in the bigs. You got you know, Wade's all over the place. Harold Wade Phillips. It's his middle name. Yeah. I'd go Wade, I I'd go Wade over Harold. Oh, hell yeah. I'm not going to be Harold. Yeah. Give me Wade. I mean, that's an awesome middle name. I'm just saying I, I that would be weird if I named my kid Wade, birth name, first name. Wade Darkens? Son of Will? That works for me. No problem with that. Will and Wade. You guys would be best buddies. Cop Come on, drama. Wade. Let's go out and throw the pigskin. Let's, uh, let's go have a little uh, tennis volley. You just learned what a volley was this morning. I know, but I misused it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. I always thought volley and rally were the same thing. They're not. They're different. But I also uh, learned that uh, you are awful to watch while you're watching tennis. It's embarrassing. You get so excited for Roger Federer, it made me want to throw up. He's great. I know, but... He's the he's the Tiger Woods. He golf, won of, easily uh, against a guy that nobody cares about. Gasquet? Yeah. How good is Gasquet? How many how many uh, how many Grand Slams does Gasquet have? Well, it's hard to win a Grand Slam in the golden era of tennis. That's fine. Why are you that Zero. excited that Federer, who's got what forty Grand Slams, twenty, beat a guy named Gasquet? I don't know. It's not about that. It's about just watching him. I know. It's about the way he plays. It yeah. gets you excited. Listen, I compared it to Tiger Woods, right? Tiger Woods, stupid. back in the 2000s, he could be killing people <clears throat> in tournaments, but people would still tune in to watch him because of the way he played. Yeah, he but, loved it. He yeah, had to watch uh, it. I understand that, but what is this? The the, the quarterfinals in the Australian Open? Something like Fourth that? Fourth round. Fourth round. 
So you're 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 comparing it to watching Tiger on uh, win a tournament. This is not the same thing. This is like watching a Thursday round and getting geeked up because Tiger's like, oh, he just shot a seventy. All right, well, he's it's a grand slam. I understand that, but you it's a Thursday. It. Yeah, but it's not the final, and it's not against anybody of consequence. The only football game you watched last weekend was the Titans Patriots. Well, that was the only one we had time for because we went hiking during the day and everything. But um, <laughs> so three of the best football games. Well, no, no, I watched the Sunday game. I watched the Minneapolis Miracle. Okay, that was on Sunday. I was I was thinking about Saturday. Okay, that was the only one I watched on Saturday. And um, the only reason I watched that game and wanted to watch it was because of the whole buildup. Basically, that that Wickersham story came out, and I was like, "All right, let's see if they are." kind of an S show. I want to see what's going on here. Of course they weren't. And yeah, they completely and I told killed. you they wouldn't be. And I was watching it with a bunch of friends too. And then uh, when Mariota threw that touchdown pass in the first quarter, I think it was to uh, that dude from Western Michigan, uh, Davis, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah uh, and he hadn't done anything all year. Yeah, yeah. They, they throw it and all my friends go, oh man, it's a game. I was like, no, it's not really not. Well, and, and it's, it's funny because going into this week, you know, and we'll get into the AFC uh, championship game here as, as the show goes on, but one of the storylines is well the Patriots shut down the run game of the Titans and you know that's if they do the same thing to the Jags I'm like yeah but they were down 21-7 right after that it felt like like the next dude it's Derrick Henry well yeah but but the next three possessions after that touchdown the Patriots just went well we'll score here and we'll score here and we'll score here now run the ball you're down you're down 14 points like that you cannot stop them go yeah go ahead and run the ball the whole game well, and the difference you have between the Titans and the Jags, I mean, obviously there's a really big difference, but the biggest difference of all is that the Jaguars don't care. They yeah. literally don't care if they're behind, they're ahead. They just do the same thing constantly on defense. They send four guys, they'll yep. send five, they'll send seven. They just don't care. Yeah. They will blitz you, they will get at the quarterback, and no matter how far they are down in a game – they're all chips in. You know what? That was the thing about their game against the Steelers that was the the remarkable thing is you think at some point the pressure would get to them. And I like the way Blake Bortles has handled himself in press conferences. I'm not saying that he's been, you know, lights out in the games, but man, he's he, been doing great in those press conferences. Well, no, but he, he doesn't seem the one thing you worry about with a quarterback that the moment is too big for them. Right. You know, cause we have never seen Blake Bortles. In I, a I big really moment. hope you're not trying right now to make Blake Bortles sound like he did a good job. Cause he really the Jaguars did. as a team responded every time the Steelers made a run. That's what was impressive. And I like the way that, that the team seems a little unflappable. I mean, the Steelers, I realize that the Steelers have, their own issues and you think that they're a dumpster fire and you want Mike Tomlin to be fired and you hate the Steelers. Not a dumpster fire, just stuck in a rut. Okay. The Steelers are still a team that has played four Super Bowls with this core, with Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger. They've won. They've been to Super Bowls. They're a perennial favorite in the AFC every year. And they start coming at the Jaguars where you go, oh, how are they going to hold on to this lead? And they got up early, but I was just waiting for them to collapse and they didn't. And and I think that's as far as a big moment goes and a team that is undervalued. Nobody's given them a chance against, you know, the Patriots until Thumbgate started. So for a team that goes in with really nothing to lose and Blake Bortles among them, a guy that he may not even have a starting job next year. Everybody's looking he will for not a reason. Have a starting job next. It doesn't matter. Even if, if he wins the a Super Bowl, they're just gonna jettison him. Yeah. I think okay. if a better if a better offer comes up. If they okay, let's put it this way. 
So you think that if a realistic offer comes to the table where they could get Kirk Cousins, they'll go, mm, no, we'll stay with Bortles, even if they win a Super Bowl. If if they win a Super Bowl with a young quarterback and they don't have to pay him $25 million a year, yeah, I think there's a possibility. But that's one of the storylines, right, throughout this playoffs has been, what do you do with Bortles? And and he has a prove-it opportunity, and he doesn't care if he runs for more yards than he throws for, as long as they win. And the way that Doug Peterson and Tom Coughlin gets a lot of credit for the leadership, you have, you have a team, to me, that is more interesting than they've ever been. The Jaguars, for their entire existence, to me, has been fairly inconsequential. I know they had Whoa. early they had early success with Mark Brunell, and they made it with Jack Del Rio. They made it to an AFC Championship yes. game. Yes, but certainly for the last decade, have you really cared about the Jaguars? Are you going to try to tell me that the Blaine Gabbert years weren't significant? That the David Garrard years were not significant? Did David Garrard take him to the AFC Championship with Del Rio, or was that uh, um, West? Uh, Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich was yeah. Oh God, he after Burnell, after Burnell, it was Byron Leftwich, and then it was David Garrard, Jaguars, then Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> Turns out I know a lot more about the uh, the lineage yeah, of the you're, Jaguars. You're crapping on the Jaguars, and then you sound like a straight up fan, dude. Listen, I I could probably do that with most teams, but here's the most useless Wikipedia page I've ever seen in my life. Jacksonville history, Jaguars. History of the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> this is literally a history page, not the main page Wikipedia page. Oh, this is a secondary. This is a secondary page called History of Jacksonville Jaguars. Ooh, look at this. Are you seeing Jaguars? How, Jaguars. How is, how is this? It's Jaguars. How is this longer than three scrolls? Oh, I don't know. I'm still scrolling and there's a lot here. Okay. So they've been to three. This will be their third NFC Championship game. Yes, there's a whole section on. on oh, jeez, Blaine just Gabbert. The <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> the Blaine Gabbert years. Who the hell is making this? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's Blaine Gabbert <laughs> because those were the best years of my life. That's <laughs> <laughs> when things were going good for me. <laughs> just gonna scroll to the bottom. It's this this uh, content has been edited by Blaine Gabbert. Speaking of inconsequential, we have a Twitter poll up. Oh, yeah. Inconsequential Twitter poll. We want to know, uh, kids, if, who would make the least impact if they just suddenly retired. So it's at Sinner and Saint 1080 on Twitter. It's not Sinner and Saint. It's Sinner Saint. Sinner Saint. There's no room for an ampersand in there, or they don't allow it. Saint and we don't have three characters to put the word and in there. So it's Sinner Saint 1080. Who would you miss the least if they retired from the NFL today? Joe Flacco, Andy Dalton, Alex Smith, or Philip Rivers? It's also on 1080s yeah. Twitter. You put that up earlier. Do we have early poll results? Oh, we'll get to that. Okay. Hang on. Hang on for that. The one you're expecting is leading. <laughs> well, yeah. I think everybody just collectively goes, yeah, it's that guy. Well, and you, you, you set it up poorly where you put the first one that came to mind first. I'm literally just giving people the answer. They I know, want. but why would you? It's like, yeah, it's like, I don't need to read the other ones. Yes. yes. That, the yes. answer, it's the answer is great. When you put the most obvious poll question first, I wonder, let's put it up on 1080, but we'll put it in a different order and see if it makes any difference. Because I think the second guy could have that same effect. I think the poll position makes a big impact. Uh, the other games last week, of course, you had the the fantastic battle between Atlanta and Philadelphia, and we'll get into it more, but uh, you said you did have a chance to watch the miracle catch that propelled the Vikings into the AFC Championship game. Uh, there's actually quite a bit going on since then, and we had to listen to Darian Mel uh, talk for an hour about what would happen if the Vikings actually get to play a Super Bowl in their home stadium. Can, can you believe that? 
Does that just blow your mind? Is that like something you just can't even like fathom that a team would play the Super Bowl in their own stadium? The way the, the way amount of buildup for that this week to me has is, been nauseating. Yes, and we will get to that. We'll probably go. Here's what I'd like to do. Tell me if this is okay with you, Mr. Darkens. Check this out. They only have to drive 10 minutes. Let's do the NFC in hour two. Okay. Let's kind of kick off the, the big preview section with the AFC side next. Will Darkens will actually tell you how the Jaguars will dominate the Patriots tomorrow. That is next. Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan. I want to apologize to our listeners when we were going through the famous Wades. We forgot Wade Boggs. At least two people mentioned that. So, my apologies Is this there. moaning woman necessary? Yes. I was kind of hoping you'd take that out of the song. What do you mean? How, would I, how and why would I take it out of the song? You requested Rob Zombie, and I went, well, why don't we do White Zombie? They have a woman in their band, and she does the moaning at the beginning of this song. More human than the human. It's hot. Yeah. Why would you take that out? It's art. You're drunk. <laughs> Why didn't you just say that? <laughs> Did a drop of yourself saying it. Uh, also on the uh, text line, 55305, if you want to communicate with the show, uh, feel free to jump in on that. Uh, there was also a uh, Tanglebert Wambledak uh, reference in there as we were talking about names. Who's that? Tanglebert Wambledak. Kimblebun Fistervoss? Who, who the hell are these people? What? You've never heard the Eddie Izzard Engelbert Humperdinck? Do you know no. what? Who was oh. the guy? Who's the guy we made up? For? Eddie. Well, what? Who was the guy we made up as the uh, plumber? Uh, Jed Huey. Jed Huey. Yeah. I like Jed Huey. Yeah, Jed Huey's great. Do you know who Engelbert Humperdinck is? No, I don't. So Engelbert Humperdinck is a singer, but he changed his name to Engelbert Humperdinck. Why? That's the whole thing. And Eddie Izzard, you know who Eddie Izzard is? No. What? I don't the cross-dressing know. English comedian? I, no. You have, I home, you have homework now. I'm not doing that. Yes. I'm going to make you do it. We'll do it right after the show. I'll tell you what. Wait. I no, will... Uh, we'll, we'll listen to Eddie Izzard performing Engelbert Humperdinck, uh, but he talks about how would you choose that name, and then he goes through a whole catalog of other names that he chose before deciding on Zimbelbert Wimberdeck. It's delightful. Anyways, I believe there was a reference to that on there, and it delighted me because that is uh, is something that I, I enjoy very much. This show is just, just mumbles and it's just nonsense words at this point. I would disagree, That's what I would disagree with you, sir. We are, we are like the History Channel. We bring up uh, sport and culture references that uh, hopefully invigorate our audience to go out and make today the best day it can be. Best Jaguars player in franchise history. Jaguars. Best best player in franchise history. Uh, Mark Brunel. Wow. You didn't even name Maurice Jones-Drew. No, you get one chance. It's not like it was up 35 how you, how players. How did you miss that? What do you mean? How many years did Mark Brunel play for the Jags? Uh, six, I'm going to say. Oh, man, that seems high. All right. Put him on the map. After being a Redskin, right? Mark Brunel, uh, what, Washington State University? No. Where did Brunel go? I don't know if that's even true. Let me just look at his career. His uh, Wikipedia picture is him in a Jets uniform. Are you looking <laughs> that's at... That's sad. Are you looking... 
That's good. You know whose birthday it is today? That's not good. It's Rich Gannon's birthday today, oh, and they oh, have him listed. But no, no, wait. But they have him listed on the uh, the happy birthday page yeah. as uh, Kansas City Chief. Did they? Like, come on, Raider. Yeah, thank you. He's a Raider. That's what I was saying. See, I think that's the hard part about being a journeyman in terms of either a quarterback or even in the NBA. Like, say you're Matt Barnes or something. It's like oh, when duh. You, University of Washington for Mark Brunel. If I think I said Washington State, but anyways, like it's it. Once you retire, it's, it's such tough, an idiot. It's tough to be oh. a journeyman because you then have to like associate yourself with one team, but nobody can really agree on it. Like everybody's always going to agree. Joe Montana was a 49er, right? He went to yeah. this chiefs later, but who cares? He's a 49er. That's what we care about. Even Paul Pierce. It's like, yeah, he went to uh, the wizards. He went to the Clippers, whatever. We all know he's a Celtic. Like Mark Brunel, the first thing we thought of was the Jags. The first picture of him on Wikipedia is him in a Jets uniform. Oh, jeez. I couldn't have even told you he was on the Jets. No way in hell I would have even been able to guess that. Yeah, that was his last stop, though. Nine years. Nine years with the Jaguars. God. Yeah. How do you do that? What do you mean? How are you Maurice Jones-Drew, too, and you spend that long with the Jags and not just say, I'm, I'm going to lose my mind? Well, you go Barry Sanders or Calvin Johnson, and you're just like, I'm out of here. It's like, like that's jo- a, The Lions are the only team that does that to people where they're just like, I quit football. Like Joe Thomas, I'd rather too. not play. Well, Joe Thomas didn't play for the Lions, though. No, no he but didn't. he played for the – he's still playing yeah, for the, the Browns. Browns. Yeah, I know, but again, think of another guy besides Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders that just went, I'd rather just not play football. Mm. Then play for the Lions. And they both cited the Lions as their reason for retirement. And every, and the rumors are still going for Calvin Johnson. They might still be going for Barry Sanders where uh, if the Lions let him go, they're going to tell you he's going to come back and play for another team. So w- what do you think is different about Matt Stafford then? Because he's made enough money where he could retire and nobody would get Oh, because answer. quarterbacks are always going to get another big contract as long as they're playing well enough. And, and with all the rules protecting quarterbacks, you don't take the physical beating you do at running back or wide receiver. Calvin Johnson... Got his ass kicked for a long time. Yeah, I, mean, I think, though, the thing with Calvin Johnson, though, is that I think if he would have left, if he would have somehow been able to finagle his way out of that contract and just, you know, like, you can do it. it you know, really, as a player, you can get yourself out of any contract if you wait or sit long enough. I think he would have been protected near the end of his career. That's kind of what uh, Anquan Bolden was near the end of his career. They they protected him. Like, he had took enough shots early on that then once he... Uh, Where'd he go? He went to Baltimore, right? Who went to yeah. Anquan Bolden, right? Yeah. yeah. Once well, he, he went got, to Arizona. Yeah, but then he went yeah. to Baltimore, yeah. and they, you know, they protected him late on. Yeah, I, I think that would have happened with. And then Calvin he went Johnson. with the 49ers. and then where was yeah. he last though? Anquan Bolden, he kind of bounced around. He's a journeyman. Yes. Yes. But I just got a I got a personal text. Some people just text my phone directly. Fred Taylor as the best Jaguar of all time. That's not bad. No, not at all. So, anyways, who cares? Jaguars playing the Patriots. Yeah. Thumbgate. Thumbgate. So, is this the only thing that makes the game interesting? This game is as high as, I think I saw 14 points for the for the Patriots. So, Tom Brady this week has been wearing a glove on both hands at practice. More importantly, he's been wearing a glove on his throwing hand, and the thumb appears to be large. He canceled his press conference on Wednesday. Thursday, he did did not practice at all, or at least didn't take any reps in practice. Yeah, he did the he was out. Ups. He was yeah. out there with a glove. Yep. And then in his Friday press conference, he also wore a glove. And then the answer to everything was, we'll see. Yep. The rumor is that he hit Rex Burkhead 
in the helmet with his thumb, bent it back severely enough to tear the webbing between his index finger and his thumb, needing stitches on his throwing hand. Burkhead's done. Going into the AFC Championship game. Burkhead's done after this season. (laughs) They're going to let him go. They're going to let him go right now. Yeah, what's the point? Yeah. You'll just get another, like, stout, sort of fast white guy. And that's pretty much the Patriots. That's the collection of the Patriots. They're going to call Jed Jed Huey up. Yeah. Suit him up. Old Jed. Jed, you got your you got your, you got your own shoulder pads? Bring them in. Is Eric Decker still working? I don't know. Probably. Anyways, so now does this, does this give you any worry that the Patriots won't just steamroll over the Jacks? I don't know. I, I feel like the whole buildup of this game is just two reasons. One, Thumbgate to Tom Coughlin. That's it. Like everybody points to that and they just go, well, Tom Coughlin coached the last two teams that beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Now he's on the Jaguars side. But, you know, let's also remember that those two times they had a pretty good quarterback in Eli Manning. And I'm being (laughs) pretty good. No, he was great. He'll be a Hall of Famer. Isn't this the job of, I guess, us? Is you look at the game, it's the only game being played in the AFC this week, right? So you go, all right, well, how can the Jags win? Like, that's all you do is you sit around and go, all right, let's figure out a way that the Jaguars can win. They have they have a great uh, interior line that can rush a quarterback without blitzing, which is the recipe. That Tom, that's the thing. Well, but that's the recipe Tom Coughlin used on defense against Tom Brady because as good as Eli Manning was, you know, finding David Tyree in the middle of the field and making plays when he needed to, you still need to stop Tom Brady and keep it close for, for whatever offense you're running. So what you do is you look for similarities between Tom Coughlin's Giants and Tom Coughlin's Jaguars, even though he's not the head coach. And the other thing you do is you look for a weakness in the the great Tom Brady and the great Patriots offense and the unstoppability. Now it's pretty obvious you got a, a bad thumb. I think this makes the game way more interesting. I mean, if you're if you're the Patriots and Tom Brady can throw the ball downfield, do you come out and show on the first play that you can do it, or you wait till the third quarter when you're you need it? No, because you're not going to throw to anybody. Like the the biggest challenge the Jaguars have on defense is how are you going to cover Rob Gronkowski? Because yeah. to me, it's kind of already obvious they're going to get pressure on Brady. That offensive line is good. It's obvious. Is it obvious though? Because I mean, that's they'll get pressure on him. Okay. Pretty quick, and it 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 won't be with four. They'll probably send five or six. But what is so incredible about the Jaguars is what I was talking about at the start of the show. They just don't care. They don't care if they give up points. They'll go for everything. And that's what made the Ravens so good on defense back in the early 2010s and then early 2000s was that they had somebody named Ray Lewis who, even if you did decide to run the ball with just rushing three, he was still going to swallow up backs. That and you had Ed Reed. Ed Reed, yeah. I mean, it was... to to me, I think this game has always been more interesting than the Patriots are just going to walk into the Super Bowl. Because, I mean, the idea that this is the easiest path for any team to get to the Super Bowl ever, when you look at the two opponents, the Patriots, will have to play both at home, the Tennessee Titans, followed by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, are you giving the Patriots any chance not to make the Super Bowl? I mean, so right now, if if there is damage to his thumb and he has trouble throwing it, you're not going to see Brian Hoyer. It's going to be Tom Brady. It's going to be what can he do? The guy's enough of a competitor that I think this makes this game very compelling. Um, but but also, I just want to see more of the Jaguars. I want to see the way that they played last week if they can keep it rolling. And I admit that you know I'm rooting for the Jaguars because I hate the Patriots. And what makes me hate the Patriots even more is that they're making me root for the Jaguars. 
Quick, Blake Bortles. Okay. Is he a? <laughs> is okay. he a? You okay. Is he a mechanic? No. No. His name's Blake. That is eliminates a, mechanic right there. Is he a mechanic? Is he a crane lift operator? Nope. Or is he a welder? Nope. He, look it, at that face. That guy yeah. looks like he works a blue-collar job. Yeah. Also, he does not look 25. He looks 35. You're absolutely right. He is a either BMX or motocross racer. What? Yeah. Look at him. Blake Bortles is not cool enough to be a BMX or motocross No, racer. and he's not good. He's a middle of the road. He's a he's he's the first guy off the podium stand at the X Games in motocross. See Blake to me seems and like not the guy. not the jumping. He's the racing guy. He doesn't do the aerials, right? He's not a he's not the motocross jumper, the big air guy. He's not hanging out with Pastrana. He's one of those guys that races and he goes, listen, these guys doing backflips and stuff over these jumps just gonna slow you down. I'm all about speed. He's out at Washougal uh, motocross every year. I think you're giving too much credit to Blake Bortles that he would have that much integrity that much individuality <laughs> that he would he would he would hold to standards if he was a BMX rider. This is a guy who can't complete a pass. He's not very good. So wait, what? So he can't motocross? I he's a mechanic to me. Yeah. He looks like one. I don't know. Would you trust him if a, if a mechanic came out to work on your car yeah. and his uh, And it was Blake Bortles? No, his his little patch said Blake on it. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm feeling better. Really? Yeah, I don't I'm say feeling it. a little better. Excited about Blake to take your car. Well, if I if I'm getting a look at his face, yeah, I I don't. I, yeah. I'm gonna get freaked out. I don't know buying it. I just to me, he just looks like a guy who's not very good at anything. Is Plus that what? He, he, is sticks that what? His, he sticks his tongue out when he throws. <laughs> what he looks like? Hey, he just looks like he sucks. <clears throat> Blake Bortles is gonna be playing in the Super Bowl, representing the AFC, and he's got a very good ch- chance to beat Case Keenum or Nick Foles. If he wins the Super Bowl, he will be a, and this is pathetic. He'll be a C version of Joe Flacco. <laughs> he will. <laughs> he will be a C version of Joe Flacco because right. he just kind of got him there. Well, I say we dedicate the rest of the show to Blake Bortles, but right now we've got to get to the news. Obviously going into championship, conference championship weekend in the NFL. There's going to be a lot of football in this program, but I do want to take a little break to talk a little Zers. Big time Zers. Specifically a young man, not as young as he used to be, Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard's 27. Yeah, still young. That's that's middle-aged basketball-wise. Yeah, I suppose so. Well, it's it's the meat of his prime, I would say. So eh, middle age makes me think you're on the decline. I th- still think there's a couple more years where we're going to see the best basketball Damian Lillard has to offer. But if we're, what we're seeing is his best, it's not all-star caliber. No, because he didn't make the all-star game. Again. Again, he didn't make it. He gets no respect. Nobody respects Damian Lillard, and Guys, it really makes me mad. Does it really? Yeah, it upsets me. Yeah, see, I, I think it really it's... bothers me. Okay, tell me why. You know, he plays his heart out each day, each night. You know, he gives so much to the city of Portland. He's a star. He raps. He has his own shoe. He's in those State Farm commercials. Like, why is he not an all-star? Why? Because nobody cares about the Blazers. No, they don't. And yeah. um, and I, honestly, I, I don't know if anybody could be really a star 
in Portland, even in the nineties, oh. early two thousand. I, I mean, give me some. Clyde Drexler was only really popular after he won two titles. No, two titles, right? Get out of here. Yeah, two. But no, I think he only won one. He was only there for the second one, wasn't he? Oh yeah, you're right. He was yeah, there for the second. It's only one. But I, I think really, and that his wasn't even his team. Only- no, he wasn't even a star for that. He was a star coming out of Houston. But his star he was five really, slamma jamma. I think his star Drexler really was, took off once he won the NBA I would title. Think Brandon Roy was it. a star. Lamarcus Aldridge was an all star every year. Like it's the same thing with Jason Kidd. Everybody finally came to the recognition Jason Kidd was really good once he won a title with Dallas. Like we knew he was good, but then he won a title and we go, oh, okay, well now we can recognize Jason Kidd. No, you're what? Think about it this way. He was an all star long before Jason Kidd was famous as a as a adolescent uh, people knew he was going to be a star what primetime said on thursday i think resonates really well if paul pierce wouldn't have won an nba title oh this paul pierce heard, and Damian heard, lillard would be the same player. no that's stupid easily the same player no except for paul pierce went to kansas and came out with fanfare and played in boston which is one of the great pillars of the of the nba and he was an all-star every year and paul pierce was just waiting for a team around him are you telling me that they're one trade away from winning a champion all in the uh, championship all they need to do is bring in two more guys that are all-star level players well the blazers are champion not all-star Hall of Fame level okay. players. Yeah, that would probably win them <laughs> an NBA title. Yeah. Get them a lot closer. Again, that's stupid because Portland it doesn't have the clout that Boston has to go out and drag in two Hall of Famers out of nowhere. It's nobody's clamoring for Portland to be great except for Portland. Boston has has represented the Eastern Conferences as in more finals than all of the other teams combined almost. You have a team in Portland that is just inconsequential, and as good as Damian Lillard is, he gets overlooked because it's a very guard-heavy league, and at his position, he's, he's top five, but people just don't think of Damian Lillard first when they think of great guards. Uh, Stephen A. Smith has a solution for this. Steve, what do you got? He was on first I'm sorry. take. I'm sorry, Steven. Steven. That's rude of you. And whatever. Don't call him Steve. Listen, Steve-O, what do you got? Steven A. Hey Smith yo, is not a up. Steve. Stevie. There's a big difference between Steve and Steven. Stevie, what do you got? Steven does my taxes. Steve gives me my sandwich at Subway. Steven A. is going to give us some hot take on Dame. But I got news for Damian Lillard. Whoa, why is he shouting? For the Portland Trailblazers, who continuously gets robbed for all-star selections, all-star recognition by Joe Public. It is time for Damian Lillard to go to the Portland Trailblazers organization and demand to be traded. Because it's official, ladies and gentlemen. It's official. <laughs> he will never receive the applause and the accolades he so richly deserves so long as he's in the Pacific Northwest in a city other than Seattle. That's right. I'm calling the city of Portland out like the 22nd Whoa. largest market Ow. as opposed to Los Angeles, which is number two. Yeah. Go go uh go play for the Lakers where they're not winning anything. Go play for the Clippers who are the same team as Portland. Why does he have to take a shot at us? Because well, we suck. We don't. Have, well, but Portland's he's awful. A, he's taking a shot Portland, at the city. Portland's terrible because your point guard didn't make the All Star team. What? Like that's the shot he took too. It's like you're the twenty second market. Okay, and <laughs> he wants to be New York. Like, how is that a shot? I don't even understand how that's a shot. Take it a shot. No. Stephen A. Smith hates Portland, the city. 
at the end at the end of your career are are you evaluated by your all-star appearances i know in the moment it sucks but within that we love about damian lillard he's got a chip on his shoulder mm-hmm. damian lillard doesn't register on anybody's radar cuz as as much as he does and as great as he is he doesn't he doesn't have any blemishes he kind of he kind of gets away with everything what Name somebody in the NBA that has really no foibles like Damian Lillard, where you go, you go, all right, well, he's, he's a rapper. That's, that's, that's stigma. Sh- that's stigma stupid. is what you're saying. You mean stigma, something that, yeah, but he doesn't, him. he doesn't make missteps. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like it, he stigma. I don't even like know. Carmel, if right all, all Carmelo cares about is money. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Russell Westbrook, he dresses too flashy and he's a ball hog and he does this. LeBron like when, James is too demanding. When Alan Iverson put out a rap album, it was terrible. Well, yes. Damian Lillard puts out a rap album. It's good. Yeah, it's pretty good. They're like, yeah, he's pretty good. Well, as an NBA player, he's pretty good. In press conferences, he's pretty good. Actually, he won that Magic Johnson Award, so he's yeah. really good in press conferences. He's pretty good at everything, though. I think I think he would be better if he had some flaws. If you look at Damian Lillard, you're like, yeah, man, but he's crazy. Like, it, you, I mean, you see the like he tried to do X, Y, Z, and it was awful. Like, you hear some of the stupid stuff he says in press conferences? He's ridiculous. He's having a feud with C.J. McCollum. Those two could b- both benefit from having a feud and hating each other. If we had to watch a season where you're like, oh, man, this is going to be really ugly, and they kept winning, but they put their feud aside so they could go out on the court, that would at least draw some eyeballs. There's nothing that really draws you to or away from Damian Lillard. If he's on, you're like, oh, that's great. So this all kind of came That's- about because there was a CSPN article where one of the writers interviewed him and talked to him about getting yeah. snubbed again. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the whole article was kind of focused around the same idea that Stephen A. Smith's talking about, which is, hey, you you know, you know, probably would have been an all-star, say, if you were playing in Los Angeles, playing sure. in New York, whatever. And so then they ask him about that, and they say, well, do you think that market size really plays into how you don't get selected? And he yeah. responded by saying, quote, I think for me personally, I don't think market size matters as much as it used to because of social media and all that stuff. I have a signature shoe that does well. I got a social media following. There's a lot of people following my music. There's a lot of things that I've been able to be successful at while playing in a small market because of social media. But I still think playing in a big market, there's a difference in a big market and a small market. That's just the way it'll always be. A little so, contradictory there. So four years of college obviously remember, did not help. Remember how he was great because uh, he won the Magic Johnson Award. He's great with the people, but again, he doesn't. That that statement right there is Damian Lillard. It's just all right. You didn't say anything. You talk. There's a paragraph. You didn't say a word. He's very kind. He is. I that's his him. problem. He needs to be mean. I I was in a press pool around him uh, when I was interning at Coin. Yeah, for the sports department. We went out to practice, and you know we had a press pool with him after practice. And he's uh, he's very uh, he's very patient. Yeah, I was sent out on an assignment for the fan in the Blazers locker room, yeah. and he just sit, yeah, just he I just kind of sits and looks, and he's yeah. like, okay, yeah, he's milk toast for for everything that he is. He's just he's he's. Not if you're not a Portland Trailblazers fan, just try to imagine how interested you would be in Damian Lillard if you played for any other team in the NBA. Hmm. What's his biggest moment since that shot against the Rockets to make it to the second round of the playoffs? From the uh, text line five five three zero five, what's the difference between OKC and PDX? They had two players that both had 
Hall of Fame starts to their career and were playing against each other. They played in an NBA Finals. They played four Western Conference championships. I, I think the difference is a draft, really. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. the difference is a pick. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's one pick. But that always comes up like... That's but I think I, Brandon Roy was even more likable, right? Because he wasn't supposed to be good. and he, he Was he? I, I think... How many All-Star games did Brandon Roy make? But Brandon Roy... Let's, let's see how many All-Star games Brandon Roy made. I think Brandon Roy made two, would okay. be my guess. I think the difference with Brandon Roy, though, was he was a different player because you could see similarities between him and Kobe Bryant. Not, like, personality-wise, but there were these slight things where he would make these mm. plays where you just were like, wow, this dude is friggin' good. And I think the other thing about B-Roy was that he had more, like, wow moments. He was also part three, of a more... Three-time NBA All-Star, All-NBA second team, All-NBA third team, Rookie of the Year, NBA Rookie first team. I think he was a part of a more exciting team, too, yeah. like that 08 team that got the fourth seed. You remember that? That was really exciting. Like I, That was the one moment as a Trailblazers fan, like my entire life, that was the one moment where I was kind of like, oh my God, I think we're going to make a run at this. Like obviously in 2000, yeah. I felt that way. I was a kid. I, I I didn't really have those kind of feelings about sports. I just cheered every single time we won. But yeah. like building up in that season, I was like, this is going to happen, dude. I think we're making a run to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. And then it blew up. Yeah, I think if you're if you're Damian Lillard, you need to either go one of two directions. You need to be, make yourself vulnerable or just piss some people off. And then people will notice you, pay attention to you. I just think he's, I think he's too good at everything, which makes him unimpressive at anything. Tell me, tell me. People are hating on you on the text line for they this should. take, by the way. They should. It's a terrible take. Hey, uh, good versus evil. Next, Sinner and Saint, 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the... What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. <laughs> the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave it's time for good versus evil brought to you by the titan of hawaiian restaurants 808 on 1080 the fan uh, we will not be an isolated football program with our players and uh you know it's our job to to uh do our part on the field to create that excitement and i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to that without looking guess who that is no idea. That's Kevin Sumlin. Oh. Yeah, I would never guess that. that. that yeah, that doesn't look like the voice that would come out of Kevin Sumlin. That now. does not look like the voice that would come out of. No. Or sound like. Sound, I guess. Yeah, it would make more sense. That doesn't sound like Kevin Sumlin. No, I would have never. Yeah. In fact, it is, though. I don't believe you. He's the new Arizona Wildcat football coach, and he was speaking at his introductory uh, press conference this past Tuesday. The 53-year-old coach was fired from A&M this past season after compiling a 51-26 and record. Someone has strong ties to California, Texas, and Arizona. And he's actually proven to recruit pretty well. Case Keenum's coach in college. But he could just not com uh, compete in the SEC. Do you think the Johnny Manziel whisperer will have a leg up in the Pac-12 after having SEC experience? What? The Johnny Manziel whisperer? What are you talking about? He's the only guy who's been able to tame that oh, geez, beautiful drug addict. Beautiful tortured mind. Here's a hot soul. take. Johnny Manziel is Blake Bortles' love child. Yeah, that is a hot take. Blake, uh, Johnny Manziel is going to take over the Canadian football. They kind of look like each other. I don't see that. Uh, so, 
someone will have some success. I think there's room. I think there's room for a lot of teams in the Pac-12 because right now there is no dominant program. Washington, uh, you know, at least alludes to the idea that they might be. Stanford always suggests that they're going to go on some run. They never do. And USC, as excited as we get about them, they never really step up and take over. But you've also got Chip Kelly looking to fill that void. You've got Kevin Sumlin now. You've got the new Mario Cristobal era that's going to start. So I think there's plenty of room for somebody to step in and take over the Pac-12. Um, I think he has as good a chance as eh, maybe not anybody because Arizona doesn't have the history. But Kevin Sumlin, he can, he can recruit. So We'll see. Hey, did you know that Mario Cristobal is a player's coach? That's what I understand. He's also buddies with The Rock. Yeah. Which, to me, if you get The Rock on Oregon sidelines while he's running for president, yeah. I think that's going to be a big thing. He's a player's coach. The players love him. Yep. 70-plus players signed the petition to make sure he stayed. God, what a great guy. He's the best. What's Barf. his record as a head coach for him? Barf. I don't know. Just, you know, boys will be boys. You know, just got a little heated. And I'm sure, you know, whatever. What were you saying to the Lakers? You mean after he hit me? Just I didn't appreciate it, but other than that, it's good. We're good. That's a guy that looks really weird without a mustache. Houston Rockets head coach Mike D'Antoni. He's commenting on the weird shoving and locker room story that came out of Los Angeles earlier this week. During a game against the Clippers and Rockets, Blake Griffin elbowed D'Antoni while running up the floor. This was just the start of a medium-sized kerfuffle that led to Trevor Ariza and Blake Griffin being tossed from the game. But it's what happened afterwards that made the real story. The league suspended Ariza and Gerald Green two games apiece after the pair snuck into the Clippers locker room after the game to confront the other players. There's been a lot of cases recently where players are getting into fights. Do you think the league should step in and enforce harsher suspensions for player fights? No, I think it makes the league more interesting. I think that's Damian Lillard's next move is getting a fight and then people will pay attention to him and he'll make, start making all-star teams and he can stop pouting about not being in them. <laughs> nobody ping. We can't get any free agents. We can't. Nobody, nobody likes me. Why are you so just what? Why do you hate Damian Lillard so much? I, I just think, listen, if you're that upset about it, go out and change something. Do something different. He can't. He's a player. He can't do that. What? Yeah, he can. Take over. Why is the All-Star the most part? All-Star game the most important thing? It's, a dumb, it's just as dumb as any All-Star game. At least Kid Rock's not playing there. Might make it better. Hmm. Favorite story of the week, this one comes out of Florida, where a state representative is proposing a new resolution that would declare pornography as a public health risk. The Ooh. resolution says that spank flicks contribute to the rise in prostitution and child endangerment. Yeah, there's also uh, psychological studies that show that people that watch pornography are more respectful to women. Here's here here's here's going to be my, my uh, little Ooh. thing on this. Do go. Um... Uh, is there a statistic for how many people have died from pornography? Ooh, what? Well, is there? How I many don't, people have I died? No, but how do you die from, from pornography? pornography? I don't know. How do you die from alcohol abuse? The alcohol is poison that you put into your body that will right. kill you over and time, it's, and it's still legal. Yet we're trying to make pornography a public health risk, though we won't call alcohol or beer a public health risk. Why is it that everybody just lets? Beer and alcohol go like this, but then when you, we talk about do you remember pornography, prohibition? weed. Do you remember prohibition? I I guess. You do you remember guess? the nineteen twenties? 
No, I know, but come on, you never you never read anything about it or watch any of the movies or s- watch any of the mob films that glorify the criminals that grew out of the prohibition of alcohol. Well, that's the other it thing. It did too. not go well. Like if we you can tr- from- they tried. You know what happened if when we learned from prohibition. But we did the same thing with marijuana, and the same result happened, but over a well, yes, longer but, but period the pro- of time. The prohibition of marijuana was far more racist than the prohibition of alcohol. Alcohol was causing problems and fights would, in the street. I don't think, I, I don't know about that. Racist. Yeah, marijuana was, was uh, when the prohibition of marijuana came about, it was uh, largely influenced by the Mexican population that brought marijuana into the U.S. No. Yes. Yeah, marijuana so you, initially became illegal because hemp was cheaper to buy than whatever else made rope. and or, Oh, I'm sorry, timber. So a, bunch of ti- so a bunch of timber distributors and timber company owners went to Senate and they go, look, we got to make this illegal because it's cutting on price. Yeah, they also pushed the idea that the the Latin American community was going and corrupting the morals of the fine young American men and women and grass was a big part of it. You mean white people? I said fine young Americans. Yeah. White people. That's what they thought. Yeah. Again, there's the racism factor. America. Isn't it so great? Yeah. Make America great again. All right. That's your good versus evil. That is brought to you by 808, the titan of Hawaiian restaurants. Go to one of their two locations, 2454 East Burnside or 52nd and Woodstock. We'll jump into the NFC preview. Vikings, Eagles. Will will tell you why neither team will win that game. Next. Center and St. Tenney the fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 